This is Rising Up with Sonali, and I'm your host, Sonali Kolhatkar. You can watch this program on Free Speech TV and listen to it on community and independent radio stations nationwide. Thousands of people marched across the U.S. in 50 cities on Saturday, July 25th to demand Medicare for All and expand the current free government-run health care program to everyone under 65. In California, where Governor Gavin Newsom made campaign promises to back a single-payer bill but has since made little progress on the issue, marches were held in numerous cities. California Assembly member Ash Kalra, the author of a guaranteed health care for all bill, dubbed CalCare, had pulled his legislation and will reintroduce it next year with more detail on how to finance it. In Los Angeles, where this program is based, my next guest, Paul Song was a featured speaker at the March and Rally demanding Medicare for All. Dr. Paul Song is a board-certified radiation oncologist, president of the California chapter of Physicians for a National Health Program, and the healthcare correspondent for our program. Welcome back, Paul. Always great to be back. So first, let's talk about the marches and the rallies before we get into the politics of it. And also, I want to get into the fact that as a healthcare worker, uh, I'd love your opinion on the new mandates that are coming down for healthcare workers to be vaccinated. But uh, you were uh, in L.A. on Saturday alongside a number of speakers. This was not something that was covered very much in the mainstream media. What happened in L.A. and 50 other cities? What were people demanding? Well, this was sort of a grassroots effort that started a couple months ago with people organically uh, wanting to get together to really demand better. Uh, In Los Angeles, uh, several people really worked hard to pull off an event uh, in Hollywood and Highland, uh, a march, and then uh, several uh, speakers, including myself. Um, You know, really, it was to the point where people are frustrated. The fact that we've had so many people succumb to COVID in the United States, and it's really illustrated how broken our healthcare system is. Uh, Recently, Atlantic Commission uh, report estimated that one out of three people that was infected or died of COVID uh, were uninsured, uh, which contributed a large part to the high mortality. So people really wanted to get together to say that we're not going away, we demand better. And that was really the impetus of this uh, march and this rally. There were people from Code Pink who are making the links of fund healthcare, not warfare. This is coming at a time when the Defense Department is and Pentagon is going to see yet another budget increase. And of course, we know Democrats and Republicans alike love to throw money at the Pentagon, but always balk when it comes to funding healthcare. Um, so I'm wondering if you think that those connections are being seen more clearly. We're still in a pandemic and people are still struggling with financial burdens. Uh, with how to pay for health care, um, if they're even lucky enough to have a job that offers them employer-based health care. What were some of the signs and uh, connections that people were making at the uh, march on Saturday? Well, as you mentioned, we do spend a lot on, on warfare, but we also do spend a lot on health care. It's just going to subsidize private insurance industry and, and the pharmaceutical industry and the hospital association. Uh, and instead of actually helping to actually take care of people to keep our premiums down, prescription costs down. So a lot of people really spoke from multiple angles, as you mentioned. We had people that connected the amount of money we spend on warfare instead of healthcare. We had people that were upset about their employee-sponsored healthcare or losing it. Remember, during the Democratic primary, you had um, people complain that uh, a single-payer plan would kick people off their employee-sponsored healthcare. And at the pandemic, 
uh, took care of 27 million people losing their health, employer-sponsored health care. You had other people that uh, we said that, you know, we would never uh, have a system that would be able to equitably take care of people. And again, the COVID uh, situation uh, exposed that, right? You had frontline workers who didn't have health insurance that were being exposed and subsequently dying of this. And then uh, you, not to mention the fact that one out of three people that currently has health insurance has uh, delayed seeking care because they can't afford the co-pays and deductibles. People still can't afford the prescription drugs. People are deciding between rent and, and other aspects versus paying their medical bills. So really, um, it's not that we're not putting enough health, uh, money into the healthcare system. The stimulus bill recently uh, allowed uh, people to stay on their COBRA, but it's basically money that is going to further subsidize the private insurance industry rather than saving money by eliminating all that administrative waste. So it was great. You saw signs, you saw coffins, you saw uh, people from multiple different um, uh, organizations, both from uh, environmental groups to social justice groups, to even those from uh, uh, Black Lives Matter that were protesting in this because healthcare really does affect all of us. And the movement for Black Lives has, in fact, uh, included a demand for healthcare for all in its platform. The marches took place in dozens of cities around the country, including in the nation's capital in Washington, D.C. Um, various uh, members of Congress who have backed Medicare for all showed up at various marches, including other local politicians. I know Cori Bush of Missouri showed up to one of the marches. But there is this, uh, let's just say, some anger welling up from some sectors of the left who see, um, especially some of the young politicians who have been elected to Congress on a Medicare for All platform, not giving uh, as much support as some of these organizers would like to see for these Medicare for All marches. Um, there was recently, of course, a spat with AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who people demanded should have held Nancy Pelosi hostage, or at least support for Pelosi as House Speaker hostage, to um, a Medicare for All, or vote at least on the Medicare for All bill. And AOC didn't do that because she knew there weren't enough votes. So there's this tension between people who have gotten elected based on supporting Medicare for All platform and those on the bottom who are tired of waiting. Can you speak on that a little? Yes. So uh, it's really unfortunate that there's a lot of infighting among uh, allies and you know, the people that have been attacking AOC. I mean, it's certainly in their prerogative to do so. Uh, but I will say that I don't think she has lost any of her unwavering support for uh, Medicare for all. In fact, uh, she was vigorously campaigning for Nina Turner this past weekend, where uh, who we know is also a staunch advocate. And I think she believes that we need to get more people of the squad elected in order to really have the voice to push uh, more of the moderate uh, Democrats as well as Speaker Pelosi to uh, force the vote, uh, because right now the vote, uh, the, the votes are not there. Uh, so I don't necessarily view her selling out the movement or abandoning the movement. I think she is trying to build the movement uh, as she's always done. And it's really sad that we're fighting amongst our allies rather than the people that are really um, preventing us from, from moving this forward, which is really the corporate wing of the Democratic Party. Let's talk about California's attempt to um, get a Medicare for all system like 
the federal level politicians, Governor Gavin Newsom campaigned on single payer health care here in California, state based Medicare full system. And he hasn't done very much about it. Indeed, there was a bill, uh, AB 1400, that was introduced earlier this year by Assembly member Ash Kalra, as I'd mentioned. What happened to that bill? Apparently, it'll be resurrected sometime next year. Meanwhile, uh, Newsom is facing a recall, and there's just news that uh, people are voters, likely voters, are evenly split. Um, this is a Republican-run effort, but I imagine Newsom would have had a little bit more support had he been bolder on some of the progressive issues he ran on. Well, um, you know, it's a very complicated issue, but first and foremost, I, I, I'm vehemently opposed to the recall attempt. Uh, I am disappointed in the governor uh, having run on being a single payer advocate, uh, being absolutely silent since he took office. Uh, but but here's the, the reality of where we are. Uh, so uh, Ash Halra, who has boldly uh, put forward a, a really great uh, single payer bill, AB 1400, which is a far improved from 562, which was uh, introduced uh, several years ago, uh, I think is a great starting point that would really allow um, uh, the funding mechanisms and things to be added to and amendments that need to make it as complete as can be. But, but the, what we realized is just like when Governor Brown was uh, in office and now Governor Newsom, without the governor really pushing this forward, you're not gonna have any momentum to move this forward. Uh, as it stands right now, if you count up all the co-sponsors in the Senate and uh, the Assembly in California, it's about 20 total uh, co-sponsors out of 100 elected officials. So this really isn't um, uh, moving forward right now. And if you look at this, uh, the Assembly Health uh, Committee, uh, they only have five out of the 15 uh, members that have co-sponsored this. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And that's really the point of these rallies is to get people to uh, get energized to then put pressure on their local elected officials to move this forward and endorse this. But ultimately, without the governor's leadership, uh, no bill is going to move forward. Now, uh, whether or not um, the governor is going to factor this into his recall, I mean, he's obviously got to focus on staying in office first and foremost. But I do think that for those progressives that supported him because he was so out in front on single payer when he ran, uh, that we should really kind of push him to uh, live up to his campaign promises, not only uh, to help him uh, get uh, fight off this recall, but to really move California forward in the way that it should. I mean, he could, as governor, have been using his bully pulpit with members of his own party saying we have to move on this issue. It's not just important for our re-elections and our credibility, but also an important issue in general during a global pandemic when so many people have lost jobs, lost access to health care. Obamacare is not nearly enough, although it's better than nothing. And he didn't do very much of that. In fact, he barely spoke about um, health care. And it seems as though he's sort of chosen the Biden path, which is we have to hold the line and protect and expand on the things that we have already via the private health insurance system. Uh, you know, we saw this under Jerry Brown. Um, all of a sudden, Democrats became vehement advocates of single payer when Schwarzenegger was in office. Under Republican governors, they speak eloquently about the need for health care for all, Medicare for all. And when they have the power here in California, they have let voters down over and over. That's absolutely uh, correct. And it's you, you hear crickets right now. And, and ironically, you have a new 
uh, HHS Secretary and Javier Becerra, who has been very outspoken. In He's terms from of California. Care. He's our California guy, right? And he could give a waiver to California at the federal level. Anna has been instrumental in uh, introducing legislation time and time again to get a federal waiver to allow states to innovate, to uh, implement single payer. So all of the pieces are there. And if there was a real coordination between the governor, Secretary Becerra and Ro Khanna, then you could really move this, the momentum forward, but it really takes leadership from the top. And, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, the governor's been very silent on this. So let's talk about, uh, let's pivot to another issue. I've been um, really thinking about how this country is still struggling with the global pandemic here in the United States. We're seeing yet another surge in infections. There's still this stubborn percentage of the population that refuses to get vaccinated or simply hasn't got around to it. And there's many, many different reasons why different communities are skeptical of or simply holding off from getting vaccinated. Now we are hearing from officials that healthcare workers in particular should get vaccinated. The VA just announced on uh, Monday that uh, that all 115,000 uh, of its healthcare workers will have to get vaccinated. American Medical Association, American Nurses Association on Monday called for mandatory vaccination of all healthcare workers. You are a doctor. What do you think of this, um, you know, coming in the healthcare field and, and seeing, and you, you also, I understand, have personal experience with the virus, Dr. Song. So um, having had been infected by with COVID in November, um, I've been since vaccinated, I've had some long-term effects. I've had vertigo, insomnia. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And so I would tell people this is real. And unfortunately, the Delta variant, which has really emerged, now accounts for 83% of all the cases in, in the country. And it's become a, a really uh, problematic uh, issue. As a matter of fact, if you look at where infections were just uh, a month ago, we're now up to over 51,000 cases per day. This is uh, going up in the wrong direction exponentially. And what we know is that Right now, 39% of all adults uh, in the United States are unvaccinated. Uh, half of them say they are completely unwilling to get vaccinated. Uh, the other half say that if they were mandated, if it was a law that they would comply to do so. We know that right now, 86% of Democrats have had at least one shot compared to 52% of Republicans. Uh, and and uh, sadly, this has become a partisan issue when in reality, it really should not be. Uh, the fact is that 99% of all hospitalizations uh, and deaths are occurring in people that are unvaccinated. So this is truly preventable. Uh, you and I talking about it is not going to sway the general public. What's happening, as you saw recently, the governor of Alabama has come out and condemned people for not being vaccinated and blaming them as, as the biggest reason for the surge in her state. You're starting to have even people like Sean Hannity on his show talk about it. Uh, and and, and uh, even uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders yesterday or a few days ago said that uh, she was grateful to get the Trump vaccine. Look, whatever it takes for people to get vaccinated, that's the only way we're going to steer ourselves through this pandemic. Otherwise, we're headed to another um, you know, shutdown because this, this Delta variant is uh, only getting more aggressive and, and everyone thinks the Delta variant uh, is the problem. There's now another variant, the Lambda variant, that is emerging as well. So the longer we allow 
uh, this virus to roam and infect people that are unvaccinated, the more we allow it to mutate and the more problematic it becomes to not only those that have, have not been vaccinated, but those that have been. I know several people who have been vaccinated who have now gotten infected with uh, the Delta variant. Uh, fortunately, they're not as sick as they uh, uh, others uh, and they didn't require any admission, but they definitely felt symptoms for 10 days. Uh, and, and so this is, this is going to be a whack-a-mole scenario unless everyone takes us seriously and gets vaccinated. We recently just spoke with a UK scientist, a UK-based scientist who boasted about the fact that they have a national health system in the United Kingdom where, uh, because of which the vaccine rollout was extremely systematic. Testing is done extremely regularly. You and I have talked about how had we had a Medicare for All system um, established here in the United States before the pandemic hit, we might have been in a very different place, right? And that is still true, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, I will say with regard to vaccinations, we sort of had a Medicare for All system in that anyone who wanted a vaccine could go in and get a vaccine. They didn't have to wait for preauthorization. There was no problems with denials. There was no problems if they were uninsured. So uh, with regard to vaccinations, it wasn't so much the lack of a single payer system. It was the uh, ideology. It was the anti-vaxxers. Um, and, and that is what's so sad because if anything, the first 150 million people that were uh, vaccinated here in the United States showed how a single payer system really could work in that you didn't have to worry about dealing with an insurance company, you just went in and got your vaccine. And wouldn't it be nice if all of our healthcare system was just like that? Right. Well, uh, finally, uh, for Californians especially, what do you suggest needs to happen, Paul, on the matter of CalCare? Uh, I, you said earlier that you do not support the recall against um, Gavin Newsom, even though Newsom has not led on the issue of healthcare, And that's because, of course, it is a Republican-led effort and Republicans would like nothing better than to replace Newsom with a Republican leader. Uh, but for those who are tired of waiting for a Medicare for all system um, is, you know, who should they be pressuring right now? I think they really need to pressure their local assembly person, uh, first and foremost. Uh, in talking to people who work in these offices, they pay attention. So when they get overwhelming calls and emails in support of AB 1400, they cannot ignore that. And the same thing with the governor. So there is a big march again uh, on um, July 31st at the governor's, in front of the governor's office in, um, uh, in Los Angeles, as well as uh, events in Oakland and Sacramento that, that are really demanding the governor lead on this issue uh, and live up to his campaign premises. So we just need to continue to be out there in force to uh, contact our elected officials uh, because they are just not doing what they've been elected to do. So that's July 31st on uh, for an events happening across California for our California audience. They can certainly look that up. Paul, thank you so much, as always, for joining us. Always great to be on. My guest has been Dr. Paul Song. He's a board-certified radiation oncologist, president of the California Chapter of Physicians for National Health Program, and the healthcare correspondent for Rising Up with Sonali. We've been discussing the recent Medicare for All marches 
in California and elsewhere, among other issues. I'm Sonali Kolhatkar. We're online at risingupwithsonali.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter and watch all of our video interviews. Find our audio podcast on iTunes and Spotify, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Are You With Sonali.